Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Benville, Arkansas, and we are continuing our journey podcast series, which has been uh, it's been fun for me, and, and a bunch of our different leaders have gotten to take part in this, sharing their perspective on some really important topics that we, we share with participants in the journey. So today, I'm uh, pleased to have one of our board members and a good friend of mine, Greg Hewitt. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Brian. And uh, we... Uh, Greg and I have known each other quite a while, even before the journey. Um, That's another story, I guess. Uh, uh, But it was a Promise Keeper event that we were both working on that when I first met Greg and little we know we'd be working on this other ministry down the road. But uh, but anyway, Greg, uh, first of all, let's uh, let them get to know who you are. Tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your family and what you've done professionally and uh, and and how you got involved with the journey. Sure. Start off with my family. So Jamie and I have been married for 32 years and we have four boys, uh, Wilson, Austin, Hayden and Joseph. They're all grown. They're all uh, working and uh, either married or in the process of getting married. And and, uh, and then we have two grandchildren, Wilson, our oldest uh, and Alex. They have uh, they have a boy, uh, Warren and a little girl, Porter Jane. And Warren's three and Porter Jane's one. So that that's uh, that's our family. I've uh, been in Springdale since 1989. Um, spent 25 years with Tyson Foods uh, and then started a toy company about 12 years ago. Jamie and I started it from scratch and uh, um, the business really uh, it grew uh, and um, we were able to sell that business uh, about back in December. We closed it in December. And so we're getting a chance to travel and spend a little more time with kids and grandkids. And so it's a great, it's a great season. Uh, it really is. It's a great season where you get more flexibility and time and we're Jamie and I are really in, enjoying it. Well, and, uh, and I know a little bit of your story about the journey because you and I were at this, uh, we were in Atlanta at Windshape, which is, uh, it's a marriage retreat facility that the Chick-fil-A people started. And, yeah. uh, you and I got invited to go to that and you were there without Jamie. I think I was there with Missy, but uh, uh, we were just there to check out what they were doing, I guess, but uh, it wasn't a marriage weekend. It was something else. But uh, anyway, I think it was there that I handed a, you a copy of journey there in chamber and told you about <laughs> the new, new thing that I had discovered. And I said, did you, do you know about this? It's, it's out of Northwest Arkansas. I thought you might know about it and you had no idea what it was and you, you kind of took it and, and then I guess, I don't know, it was a few weeks later and you were like, hey, man, I'm, I'm interested in this deal, you know, what, what I need to do. And, and you told me later and you can give your side of the story. But uh, I think you said that you had been intrigued by the the thought of uh, the fruit of the spirit. You've been you've been meditating on what is it? The fruit. How do you get the fruit of the spirit? What you know, something about that. And then this maybe tied it tied it together for you in a way that was made you a little bit intrigued. Is that true? Yeah, I've been a new, you know, uh, I was a, still a fairly new believer. I've been uh, probably about 10 years and and reading in God's word every day and doing some of the basic disciplines, but really didn't have a real intimate relationship with Christ. And then, then when I left Tyson, we went through a, 
started a actually started a company in between in between the toy company and it it was uh we had a uh, it was a food company that we had a recall and so we had these terrible issues and it ended up in this financial storm and this was in the early part of that that you had given me that book and i, I it had sat on my desk and one night in a night where i really couldn't sleep very well from all the issues and things i picked up that book and read it uh which is what you know, uh, which was interesting because the guy in the book was having a, 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 a bout of uh, insomnia and uh, and he was having some struggles and couldn't put his fingers on his finger on exactly what it was. Uh, and so that's really what prompted me to to get into the journey. And then on the abiding piece, what looking back on it, I, I know that was my big question I had during those 10 years as a new believer was that. I kept reading about the fruits of the spirit and um, I just didn't see them in my life. And I would get up every morning, just, you know, kind of grit my teeth and saying, today, I'm going to have some of these. And by 10 o'clock, I, you know, kind of blown, blown it and and didn't look anything like fruits of the spirit. And so it was interesting because the connection was, you know, one of the first part of that book, it's like, it started talking about abiding because that that's what God had told me was missing is these, this abiding relationship. And I didn't even know what it was. I remember when God put that on my heart, I'm like, I don't even know what abide really means. And then I opened up this book that you sent me and immediately, you know, that's kind of the heart of it. And so it all kind of, it all connected for me is that, Hey, you know, I, I, I want to see the fruits of the spirit and I don't see them in my life. And this process is telling me that's part of the outcome. And so I immediately, you know, called and got in a group. Yeah. Well, and you've, of course, you've guided multiple groups since and, uh, and, and you, you love the ministry. So, you know, you were, you and I were on the cabinet in the early days of that Rocky asked a few guys to, to kind of help him brainstorm and dream about the ministry and what the future might hold. And, and then now you, you and I are on the board together. So it's, it's been fun. But, uh, one other claim to fame for you, Greg, I have to bring up is that, uh, uh, nobody uh, helps people understand that journey of the inner chamber story better than you do. And especially if you get a little whiteboard and a marker and can start drawing stick figures and, and drawing the picture of the castle and the horses and all that. I mean, man, that you, you've helped bring that to life for many, many a seeker. <laughs> I'm a world, I'm a world-class stick artist. That's for sure. You know, uh, this is not just limited to people. I do animals and furniture and everything, but yeah, you know, the, that, uh, that part one has, you know, we all have different pieces of the journey that resonate more with us, but the part one resonated with me. And I think part of the reason, Brian, is because I was 35 years old when I accepted Christ. And so I had lived, you know, I tell people I've lived, you know, more than half my life in the refugee camp and less than half my life in that abiding, you know, uh, relationship. But so I, I, I spent most of my adult life in the refugee camp. So I, I think I understand it, you know, and what it's like to live like that, especially as a man, you know, even though the world says you're successful and you've got all the things you've been working for, there's something missing. And, uh, and yet you look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's just not right. There's just something missing. And so that has always resonated with me that I, I just love that part one of the, uh, journey to the inner chamber. And I think we do everybody an injustice when we don't really do a good job with that journey to the inner chamber. I, I've found that if you do a really good, if you do a good job 
of taking people through that journey to the end, that first part, they can see where they are in life spiritually and they can see where they want to go and somewhat how to get there, that progression of a man or a woman. And, uh, and so I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's the part I, I really want to do right. And the other thing I found is if, if I really take my time and, and, and share what God's given us as it relates to that story and don't cut any corners, I don't have as many people drop out as I do if I get in a hurry. So anyway, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of that. I've always enjoyed it. It's a great, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a, a good way to give everybody a little bit of a view of where we're going before we get started. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I think it's the reason we do that before we start the journey. So people can kind of think about where are they in their faith? Where are they in that, yeah. in that, in that representation on that graph? Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, so, you know, then the Gabe story part two is is really that's kind of where we are now, because in the in the back end of the journey and the third leg, which we which we call expressing, it's kind of like, OK, you've you've understood that we have an intimate God. You're starting to get a little more intimate with him and you're starting to learn about abiding, uh, what abiding might look like and who the Holy Spirit is and how the fruit, what the fruit of the spirit looks like. All that stuff's in the the middle part of the journey. And and then we turn the corner and like, OK, well. Not that everybody's got it all figured out, but but you have to start keep moving. You have to keep moving forward. And we get into the back end. It's like, well, how would you live this out? And yeah. We, we use Gabe as our as our archetype. You know, yeah. Gabe and his principles of influence. And the first one was be a God seeker. So Danny yeah. Fields and I talked about that last week about what it might look like to be a God seeker. And yeah. Greg, you get to join us here talking about when Gabe says, "I want to be a God abider." What is that? What does that look like? And right. so. Uh, so let's just dive in a little bit on that topic because um, yeah. there's a lot of different viewpoints on that. So what do you think it means to be a God abider? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I remember one time, again, I told you I was struggling with, you know, you know, what abide meant and what how to get there. And, you know, obviously I went to God's word first, second place. I'm always curious is Webster's dictionary, you know, yeah. and I I went to Webster and like, what is what is abide? even mean and it, here, here's some of that I, I looked that up and i remember i remember the one that really resonated with me but here's some of the definitions of abide it's pretty broad really and you know to bear patiently to endure without yielding to wait for uh to accept without objection and then here's my favorite to remain stable or fixed in a state and then the next one to continue in a place uh and and that to me is like you combine all those. The one that really always resonated with me is it. And I guess I'm going back to that journey to the inner chamber, you know, where where that that inner chamber is that place you go into with a sign above the door. He who enters this chamber does so through personal abandon, absolute trust. You go into that chamber and it's two chairs, you and Jesus. And then, you know, it's about, you know, it, it represents a physical location in that scenario, in that in that sketch, it represents a physical location, uh, but it's really a spiritual, uh, <laughs> it's a spiritual location, but it to continue in a place. And so I could make the connection, you know, of looking at that and going, okay, if I can develop an intimate relationship with Christ and then stay in that, stay in that abiding presence, his that that's the goal for me is how do I do that? Not just in the, I was a, I was a quiet time phenom, you know, even before the journey every morning, you know, read God's word, pray great things, great uh, prayer, reading God's word. But I didn't really feel like I had a, a, a real abiding relationship. There was just something that I hadn't made the connection on. And so I was 
I, I just felt like, hey, I got to figure out how I can stay close to him all day, not just during my quiet time. So for me, it was always like trying to it was like a, a, a deal of maturity. If I could just the more I could stay in his presence and carry that 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 time in the morning through my day, that that to me seemed like where I might have a chance, you know, to, to live the life, you know, we've been invited to live. So it's kind of like if I'm understanding what your interpretation is like the inner chamber is almost like God seeking time where you're, you're loading up and you're dwelling in his presence. And then the abide, the abiding is really carried on throughout the day as you, as you exit the inner chamber and you go out into your day, into the battlefield and you've got his presence with you. That's, that's abiding yeah. all day long. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. That's so why they, I thought both important. It. You know, you have to have the seeking or you wouldn't get the abiding, I guess, but uh yeah, and I mean, I start, you know, early on, and even now, I mean, I find myself compartmentalizing my life spiritually to where I'm like, okay, that's my morning. I come out of there good and everything, and then I kind of switch out and like I, you know, just kind of leave it. And 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 I, I just I, I do so much better when I can just stay in that abiding presence in His throughout the day. So to me, that's kind of the goal for the day, you know, is to do that. Yeah, and and I and I, you know, and I and again, I think it's we do kind of want a formula or something, don't we? It's like, okay, give me the steps A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. How do you abide all day? You know, like I've even heard people talk about, they set their alarm clock to go off on every hour on the hour and they'd stop and say a prayer, you know? So that's how I'm going to abide every hour with, you know, stuff like that, which is not yeah. bad. It's just, no. just, I think it's much bigger than that. I think it's a lot deeper than that. Don't you think? Yeah, I do too. I've done all those little, I've done all kinds of little things to try to keep me doing that. And you're right. I think it's, it's, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's some, it can even be helpful, but it is deeper than that. I think, I think there's a lot of things that you have to go through along the way that are part of the, you know, God uh, preparing you for that abiding process. I think there's things along the way we have to experience and do to, to get there. And we all, and all that journey, I think looks different for all of us. I think, as I've always said, it's a custom process, this discipleship and the journey. It's very custom process. What What's required for you and what's needed for you may be different than what's needed for me. How you get to that abiding relationship may look a little different in places than what it does for me. Just like, how parts of the journey resonate to some people and not to, not, not to others. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always tended to believe that, you know, I, I love my morning time and as you do, you know, getting up early and, and uh, seeking him and I always believe he's got something for me. He's got something in his word. And that kind of some of the stuff Danny and I talked about, about God seeking, you know, that, that and it, the seeking is in his word, you know, that it, that's his word is part of it because the word is God. Right. So, so I tend to believe that uh, the word is going to minister to me in a way that gets me ready for the day. And there, and, he, and God already knows what's in my day holds in store. I may not even know some of the challenges that are going to be hitting me and stuff. And it's getting us in sync with Christ for the day. It almost yeah. like that. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, too. My, my morning time in the Word is so critical for so many reasons. You know, the wisdom you get, the uh, the encouragement that you get when things are tough, the promises you get uh, are so critical. There's just so much there that, come, that comes from it. And, you know, not to mention, like, lately, I mean, sometimes when I get off track and I have sin in my life or things in my life, I feel this, it's during that time and through the Word, I feel that, you know, uh, just God's 
soft touch of putting his finger on something in my life that's not right, that, that's just not good for me. It's not good. For, and so, you know, there's just so much that comes from that. I'm, uh, it's critical, but I do think it's even deeper than that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think I've heard Rocky say, you know, that um, a, a lot of people mistake abiding time with seeking. They think the abiding time is your time in the inner chamber, you know, and then, uh, like you said, you know, the the misnomer might be that, OK, now it's a, that was me and God. Now it's all me. You know, now I'm heading yeah. out. Now we'll just <laughs> good luck. Hope I can make it through the day till my next abiding time next tomorrow morning. Yeah. And, uh, and Rocky's always said, no, 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 that's not, that's not a bite. You know, that's, that's different. Yeah. And, you know, and if you, if you've done the journey a few times, um, you can't mistake the fact that when, when we're talking about abiding, there's the idea of pain comes in, right? I mean, like yeah. in the middle part of the journey, you were talking about discipline and <laughs> pruning and sifting, you know, how, how God has to do that. And in the journey of the inner chamber book, Rocky talks about the exercise room and the trials that come in life. And, and, and all of this, according to Rocky and the, and in, in his theology is that's very critical to learn under, to understand abiding. That almost seems contrary. You, you almost, you would equate by abiding to peace and joy and comfort and nirvana. Right. And then trial seems like you're doing something wrong. Like, Oh, that you're being punished or, you know, bad. So why why are trials a big part of abiding? Yeah, uh, you know I um, uh, I'm looking for a verse here as I thumb through this, but um, God's word tells us that there are you know th- that that it, uh, the trials of life create this perseverance and this deepening of our faith, and so. You know, where do you always start? What does God's word say? Well, it says that these trials and experiences are part of the process for intimacy. And then and then then you look in my own life. That's exactly what happened to me. I was a new believer uh, at 35 years old and, uh, you know, I accepted Christ and I went for 10 years really not through a formal discipleship process, just doing some of the spiritual disciplines. And so I look, go back, let's go back to the, to the sketch. So I cross the bridge at 35 and then I go uh, into the the banquet hall and I begin feeding on God's word. And I read God's word every, every year from Genesis to revelation. I went through it every year and I learned and God did so much through that reading of his word but if you stopped me before the journey, I'd have said, yeah, I know a lot about the word and I'm saved, but I don't have an intimate relationship with Christ. And so through the journey, and then then after I started the journey, the trials hit. But then in the journey, you know, that's that that's the whole process for intimacy is that the trials hit. We feed on God's word. We claim his promises. We get encouraged. We get strength. And and then we're able to rest and then the cycle continues. And then the trials, either a new trial hits or for mine. And, you, you know, you went through a similar deal, man, mine lasts for years. And I'd get through one storm and then, a, you know, and, and, and I that that piece would hit and I'd go to God's word and I'd claim those promises and encouragement and strength. And I'd, re, I'd be like, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to make it for a little more. And then you get another one. But through that process, every time you make that cycle, just like it says in the journey, as you make that cycle, 
of feeding on God's word, which is also prayer and time with other believers and encouragement from other believers. And as you go through that process, every time you go through it, you get closer because now you're starting to understand, oh, his promises are true because you start seeing them happen. And then you start saying, you know, he's always here. And when I don't think I can take another step, his word encourages me. And all you're building this view of God through your trials that that is getting you prepared to walk through that door is that, you know, that personal abandonment, absolute trust, you're only going to abandon everything to somebody if you know them really well. And you're not going to abandon everything and trust somebody with everything you have unless you believe they're good. And so I think for me, that trial was a seven-year process to reveal to me that God is sovereign and that, and he was allowing this storm for my good. And then, you know, I was able to say, hey, you're sovereign and you're good. I can trust you and I can abandon myself to you. So I, I, I think God's word very clearly lays out to us that it's not, you know, if we have trials, it's just when. And, and then the good news is, is that he'll take some of these trials and, and make them, we take the trials and then allow them for our good. He only allows them so they end up being for our good. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a key part of the process, you know both in discipline and pruning and sifting that they're, they're part of the tools that God uses to bring us into this intimate relationship. Well, and, and uh, Rocky's famous quote is experience Trump's theory, you know, yeah. kind of like you can't really fully understand it until it's tested. Right. I mean, you're, you're not going to even believe it fully until it's been tested on, you know, we're <laughs> That's stuck. right. It's, it, you know, it's theory, it's theory until you experience it. And, you know, when the storm hit, I had read all, all that God had to say about storms for 10 years. And yeah. the theory, I got the theory, but I promise you, I did. I hadn't really. I, I, I understood the theory, but I, I remember how fearful and how scary that situation was. And it showed me I really wasn't trusting him and I really wasn't giving it to him. Um, I just wasn't I wasn't there yet, but it took time to, to develop you know, that, that ability to, to give it to him and, and trusting. So, yeah. And you, you know, you talked about that at our summit and you were one of our speakers and got to talk a little bit about one, you know, your seven year trial and all that and mm -hmm. kind of what, what happened through all that. So for somebody out there, who's probably maybe where you would have been, or I would have been before scared to death. Like I want to go deeper with Christ, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid mm -hmm. he's going to ask too much of me. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid he's going <laughs> to test me too much. Or, so I'm going to stay here kind of one toe in the things of God and everything else in the world, you know, cause I don't want to get too immersed in all this cause it might cost me too much. Right. Mm -hmm. um, someone might be afraid. So being on the other side of that mountain now, what, what can you say to somebody like that? You know, that about, you know, who, who might be afraid of going through a trial now, you, you know, not that you've arrived Greg, but you've, you've come through a lot. You've come through mm -hmm. a lot. And I'd say your relationship with Christ is probably deeper than it ever was. Right. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, it was what made, I mean, it was so critical to my faith and to, you know, my relationship with the Lord. And, and Hey, I understand how you'd be, anybody would say, you know, I don't want to go through one of those trials. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to go through another one of those trials. Um, but I do look back and with, with no doubt, uh, believe that it, I wouldn't want to go through another one, but I wouldn't take that one back. Because through it, God revealed so much to me about him. And I fell in love with him through that trial. Uh, and, and so 
you know, I, I wouldn't want to take it back. But that, but but now that I've gotten through it, as you said, I also and, and I know now I have this view of God that's much different. I mean, I honestly believe he's good and kind and that he's he's a God of protection and prevent. I mean, the things I believe about God, I learned in that trial. Well, because I experienced those dynamics of him. Um, but then again, you know, do I want to go through more trials? No, but here's the, here's the thing I've noticed. I've been through some trials since then. And at first my knees knocked a little bit with fear, but I gathered myself pretty quick. I'm like, look, God has taken me through so much and he's proven himself faithful. So I'm not going to panic now. And so I think this, that process, like I said, as you go through more of these trials, they're still scary. There's still pain involved and none of us like pain. Um, but you begin to notice that you're not as fearful and that you're not as feared. I noticed my fear doesn't last as long. I could be, af- when that thing first hit, I-, I was, I was afraid all the time. I was fearful. I couldn't hardly sleep, but now I've noticed when storms hit and I've had some, I've had some health storms and some, uh, some other issues. And it- it's different now because I, I, I really do trust him and it's just, it's helped me kind of, um, not be so panicked when those things first hit. Cause I, I know what to do and I know what God's going to do and that I can trust him with all that. So it does, it, it has changed things. Well, you know, I, I used to always hate it when people would say, you know, you're either coming out of a storm, you're in a storm or you're going into a storm. You know, I, I mean, I used yeah. to, I, I've always said that was Danny Downer, you know, talk <laughs> or whatever, but, uh, but, uh, it's well, you really just true. To, you just have to add time to it to make it right, you know. <laughs> well, and I think you might have used that verse at your talk at the summit. But my my favorite verse is when Jesus and the disciples are in the in a storm, and he's sound asleep at the stern, laying on a pillow, and and they're you know like you I think you said how in the world is he staying asleep in the middle of a storm where it's the boat's being rocked and waves and all that, but but he's perfectly calm and, and at peace asleep. And they are like, wake him up. Hey, Jesus, do you know what's going on? Don't, don't you care that we're about to drown? Don't you care? I mean, they start accusing him, you know, and, uh, and he just kind of, you know, quietly calms the storm. And then, and then just says, where's your faith guys? You know, I mean, so I guess the point is he's in the, he's in the storms with us that, and that, yeah. you know, abiding means, remain or being with us. And that's the good news, isn't it? That Jesus is going to be with us no matter what we face. Yeah. And I think at times we may try to walk away from that, or we may try to, we may distance ourselves from him, but he's never distanced from it. He's always there. It's kind of like that'll do if somebody's moved, it's you. He doesn't move. You know, you and I talked over the last couple of weeks about that whole abiding and you know, I, I've heard people say that, you know, they stay in that abiding relationship all the time. They feel that way. And I think that's awesome. I I don't feel that. I feel like there's times where I'm abiding and then, you know, there's times where I feel like I'm not. And I've I've kind of either lost interest or I've, I've gotten busy and distracted and I kind of find myself away from that. You know, I can get into these spiritual funks at times. And not, to me, that doesn't feel like abiding. Uh, but I. I I, I had a, a really good friend that went through the journey one time and he, he didn't like me. He had been in church all his life. You know, I, I, I didn't go to church until I was like 35 much, but uh, he had a, uh, he spent a lot of time in church and had, and was a believer since he was a little boy. And, but yet he had this 
time where he got in the spiritual funk that lasted for years. And he, it was, it was a really, really bad time spiritually for him. And he, he went through our journey group and uh, he loved it. And he came in and he was just dry and he didn't feel that intimacy and he felt distance. And he'd been in one of these funks that just lasted for years. And, um, man, he got into the journey. It was so powerful for him. And I'll never forget one time he showed up at a journey meeting and he said, you know, he, I'm going to tell you what's so amazing about this. He said, used to, as a long-term believer, I would get in these spiritual funks and I, I sometimes would go weeks, months and didn't even realize I was in a funk. And then it would dawn on me that I was. And he said, by going through the journey, I can tell when I'm getting in these these situations where I've kind of stepped out of that abiding presence. And, and, and he said, but here's the best news. Not only now do I know when I'm doing that, I know how to get back. He said, you know, here, here's how, I, here's what I know now. If I get, if I find myself in that situation, I know now that it's about a relationship and all I need to do is go spend time with him. I need time and prayer. I need to be in his word I need to talk to him. And more importantly, I need to listen for him. And I need to get away. If I get in one of those funks, I'll take an hour a week and just do just go to an extended time of prayer. And he said, I, I not only know I'm in a funk now, but more importantly, I know how to get out. And I think that's, you know, for guys like us that seem to come in and out of that abiding presence, you know, I I think that's, you know, that's an important deal that the journey teaches us. We know when we get there and we know how to get out and get back. We know how to get back to that abiding relationship. Well, I was, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they were saying how stressed they were because of work and pressure and all that stuff. And, and they said, I, I need to start, I need to look up some techniques for reducing <laughs> stress or something like, you know, something like that. And I said, I, and, I got it. I got something and, for you. <laughs> well, I said, you know, really, I go, you just need to abide more, you know, anyway. And this person got offended because this is a person who was really, uh, loves the Lord and really big on doing their quiet time in the morning. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, they were like, you know, I, you know, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm in the word all, every day. I mean, I'm, I'm seeking the God every day and, you know, all this. And, and I said, that's great. I go, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about abiding. I'm talking about letting him be the, the rule of your life, letting, you know, letting him walk you walk with you through your stress. And, you know, I mean, again, trying to get on this difference of heaven, it's not a discipline. Abiding is not a discipline. Abiding is a relationship. I like the way you said that, that your friend said it's a relationship. Yeah. And, and, and slowly they started kind of listening to me and understanding that. Yeah. It's not about worldly techniques for reducing stress. It's about <laughs> God who created the universe can, can help walk you through this stuff and help you understand why you're going through it. <laughs> Well, you know, guys, we're a little slow anyway, and so I'm all the time bringing them back to the deal about with all this journey material and it's amazing stuff. But we got to keep the simple key to this thing, which is it's about a relationship. And you know, to that point, you know, it's it, I've even asked them. So, you know, think about your relationship with your wife when when it gets out of whack. Can you feel it? Yeah, I can feel that. Okay. So, what do you do when you get out of whack? Well, you know, I. The best thing to do is spend some time with her and listen to her and 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 hang out with her and do some stuff and and uh and do some things she wants to do and abandon what I want for what she wants. And I said, see, it's the same way, it's the same way with the Lord. It's a it's a relationship just like that. And uh and the way to 
to secure it and tighten it is to always just, as you said, spend time with him and, and go through that. Those, those abiding disciplines to, to stay into his presence. And so, yeah, I think sometimes we need that simplicity, you know? Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of my current journey group. Some, some of the guys were like beating themselves up because they're not doing as good on their homework, you know, as they, they wish yeah. they were. And they're, they're kind of feeling like they're failing and maybe even thinking about dropping out, you know, and, and I just said, guys, you just got to remember, this is not something to be completed. This is something to be experienced. Yeah, man, that's great. You know, and I, I think it finally kind of got through to him a little bit, you know, so. Yeah, that's why the extended times of prayer are so powerful, Brian. Because, yeah. you know, we, we're we so busy and we're running and we got all this stuff on our mind. And we just can't ever get quiet enough to hear it. And so that's why, I, I mean, I think it's one of the critical pieces of the journey and the influencers is this extended time of prayer concept, you know, that gives us a chance to get quiet and get all this stuff out of our head and, and, and hear from him, you know? That's right. Oh, totally. Totally. Well, Hey, our time is up, Greg. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up, but thank you so much for, uh, your time today and everything you do for influencers. Appreciate you so much. Um, thanks for your time. All right. Hey, and, Brian, appreciate it. Yeah thanks, yeah. For let, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Well, um, anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we have been doing the Journey podcast series. So uh, if you want to check any of the other uh, episodes out, you can go to our website, influencers.org, and you're, there's a resources button, and then uh, you can click uh, podcast, and you can find those. Or actually, you can go to you know, Apple, you can go to Google, Spotify, wherever you do your streaming. Uh, we're actually out there as well. So anyway, uh, a lot of resources on that website, though. Be sure you go and check that out, too. So anyway, my name is Brian Craig. I'm executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.